Hi, this is my dad's podcast, Power Time. What's up, Power Players? Welcome back to the Power Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Tate. And if this is your first time tuning in, you are listening to what is typically a Nintendo Power retrospective. We dig through the history of Nintendo, one issue of Nintendo Power at a time. But I'm taking the summer off from those episodes to play some games and run a few awesome interviews. And today we have an amazing guest lined up to run through the Nintendo 10. So our next (laughs) guest is someone that I've personally been a huge fan of for a long time. So this is going way, way back, almost, you know, nine or 10 years ago, I discovered a hip hop group out of Washington, D.C. called Panacea. And they released an amazing record called Ink Is My Drink. And you've got (laughs) to check this out. I fell in love with this album. And then a few years later, of course, like a true nerd, I discovered an album by a hip hop artist who went by the name of Mega Rant. And this was a record that played off of Capcom's classic Mega Man tunes from the NES days. And it's Mm -hmm. super epic. You've probably heard of it. And at the epicenter of these records behind the MCs was the same producer. And he's (laughs) gone on to produce tons of other amazing records. We're going to get into some of those today. But without delay, I am super stoked to introduce the Sound Samurai himself, Kay Murdoch. Welcome to the show. Oh, man, thank you for having me, man. What an intro, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you. You did your I've, homework. <laughs> I've been listening to your music for, for a while. Uh, I'm from the Philadelphia area, so okay. when I was in high school, uh, the roots didn't blow up uh, to you know the uh, late-night TV days, right? So the right, roots right. were still playing small clubs in Philly. And uh, when we were old enough to drive, uh, it was awesome like it was something we did we would go see the roots play uh so we got really into kind of that that feel of hip-hop that sound of hip-hop okay. uh and then i started to branch out and listen to other stuff and and i remember coming across panacea like way back uh so i, I didn't even put two and two together that you were the producer on ink is my drink and then also uh you worked with Megaran. so like it wasn't until later that i pieced together that you were uh in both groups right yeah, and it's funny because your story is like one that a lot of people um, have because I, I recall being in Seattle um, and Megaran was sitting on a panel about Nerdcore and I just sat in the audience because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't on the panel. And the guy I sat next to, he was like, you know, I always wanted to ask you, um, do you know this group called Panacea? I was like, yeah, that's my group. And the guy literally, his jaw dropped and he was like, oh my God, like you're Kay Murdoch. And I was like, oh no, like this is, this is so cool. But it's, it was so weird because it was like right when the panel was starting. So everyone was supposed to be quiet, but this guy was like gushing, uh, you know, it, it, it was very humbling and it was just cool that a lot of people like i didn't know it was the same k murdoch i was like well you know i guess there's not a lot of k murdoch yeah for sure yeah i'm really excited we're gonna go through the nintendo 10 (laughs) Uh, i know that you're a fan of the nintendo brand obviously uh but i wanted to talk music for just a bit before we jump in oh yeah of course you've got this extensive career uh both in production 
musically and for the radio. So you majored in production at school, it seems? Yeah, yeah. At Howard University, where I actually work and teach now, uh, and teach the same thing that I majored in, I, I teach a class called Multimedia Audio Production. And for me, it's like beyond fitting because that's pretty much all uh, I've worked in so many forms of um multimedia uh the but all in the audio focus so i worked in radio for a good portion of my professional career i worked for satellite radio and terrestrial or like uh local radio stations um am fm and of course satellite like i mentioned and then um i've worked as a stu- uh, music uh, excuse me audio engineer at music studios i've worked freelance for almost four years that's probably at the height of like touring with uh, Megaran and uh, I've always been like a music producer and just a creative like an audio creative is, is kind of my thing or as I like to say the sound samurai even though people are like dude you need to wear a rice hat and I was like I'm not <laughs> yeah. going that far dude like I'm not one of those guys who's like appropriating or like making it cheesy I just like uh the samurai aesthetic you know yeah, totally. And, and you can you can hear it. You can hear it in the music. And I, I want to talk about a couple of your records. Uh, okay. A lot of video game fans definitely know you probably best for your work with Mega Man. Uh, right. So you, you know the the Mega Man records, and then also for Forever Famicom, which is right. probably my personal favorite of the stuff that you've done with Mega Man because it's eclectic. There's a lot of variety. Uh, right. How did your relationship? with uh mega ran gets started uh did did you guys know each other way back did he approach you you approach him man this was um not to date ourselves but this was in the era of uh social media just starting so myspace was the thing yep, uh, yep. So this is like 10 or 11 years ago and i remember i was working at um i mentioned i worked for xm radio before it was serious xm radio and i on top of being one of the producers like creating content for the hip-hop and jazz channels i also hosted a hip-hop show called subsonic and it was pretty big and we would get submissions from people sending in music to play on the show and at the time the label that raheem if you mega ran excuse me if i refer to him by his governments because i'm used to calling raheem right sure, sure. so mega he sent me two albums he sent me like a more traditional hip-hop album that he called The Call, which was great. But the other album that his label has sent me was, uh, it just released, was Mega Man. So the first thing I thought of when I saw the record cover was that there was like a picture of Mega Man, but he was black. And it instantly made me laugh uh, just because I was like, this is either going to be really dope or really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I listened to it. I took uh, on a lark. I listened to it driving home and I couldn't, I lived like 10 minutes away from XM at the time and the album was about 40 minutes and I remember sitting in my truck for the last 30 minutes. I just couldn't get out the truck. I was like, wow, what is this? So that was like the, my introduction to him as well as the whole art of Nerdcore. And from there, I just hit him up on MySpace. We exchanged emails. It come to find out he was a fan of Panacea and he kind of was like, oh, wow, you came right out from Panacea? <laughs> yeah, you had and, that uh, starstruck so moment again. Yeah, we exactly. We, That's cool. Well, you know, a mutual admiration thing kind of happened and um i just i had always in my head wanted to do something very similar to um you know mega ram with with just sampling various video games but approaching it like a hip-hop album and that's what forever from uh want to be in it just you know two guys who were equal hip-hop heads as well as equal gamers so and the rest is history man eight, eight years later almost that's crazy yeah yep. and and forever famicom is amazing there's the couple of dlcs you guys released so sampling Mega Man, 
Earthbound, Little Nemo, Chrono Trigger, DuckTales. There's so many great songs on there. What was it like to go back and kind of rework all those classics? Uh, Oh, man. Challenging to pick pick from like such a huge catalog? Uh, yes, it, 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 it was. Um, but at the same time, I, it, people ask me like, why did you pick certain, like it was, it was very RPG centric, right? Cause it was Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana. And I was like, all the songs that I picked were songs that I like my favorite, uh, games. And I, sure. I was a big RPG gamer. So that was kind of the method to the madness of why you didn't hear like, I mean, later in DLCs, we introduced like so- songs that sample like Mario and Zelda, but I just didn't want to go for like the triple A classic known games i wanted to really pick the games that i knew that influenced me and that made me uh, i guess spark that we call it nostalgia so yeah, you know, yeah yeah and so that was the the method to the madness and with rpgs i guess you spend so many hours playing those games oh God. Uh, so that they just <laughs> oh, get man. totally ingrained in you uh you know from just repetition Oh, yeah, totally, man. I mean, uh, I can think of summer of 1995 specifically. I spent the whole summer, well, at least in, from August until school started after Labor Day playing Chrono Trigger and trying to get those multiple endings. And even now, today, 22 years later, like I, I think I've only gotten like maybe a quarter of the possible endings. So, yeah. yeah. So speaking of RPGs, uh, I do have my hard copy of Hero Music Volume One, uh, which is awesome. Nice. Kind of in that nice. what PS2 style case. Uh, the the oh yeah, yeah the, the, the tall box, uh, which is yes. cool. Um, right. And for all the listeners, that remixes all the different character themes from Final Fantasy VI uh, or wow. three as we know it. And uh, the you, states, right? You recently put out uh, Volume Two, which is a similar approach to Chrono Trigger. So do you yep. have do you have like uh, an approach when you go to repurpose these songs? Like, what's your what's your blank canvas look like, and how do you kind of piece together uh, your own creations? Well, since the concept is kind of just uh, the overarching concept is taking themes from the characters in the game, like usually the playable characters. So Final Fantasy VI or three, the, depending on how you say it, that worked out well because it was fourteen. It was amazing. It was 14 yeah, perfect. Play- heroes in the game so it's 14 tracks if you had the cd uh, and then including kefka i think i remixed kefka's game theme with megaran actually featured on it um but chrono trigger is different because you only have seven seven uh, playable characters so i added a lot of other like key people in the game like uh shala and um you know uh lavos uh the you know uh, boss that you fight and uh we took the um the gurus of time and all that stuff so usually that the theme is the you know the game and then pick the heroes and then really from there i just listen to the theme and i say okay this this part of it really jumped out to me so certain songs i can already have my head like i know what i'm gonna take and sample and build off of certain songs i have to really like uh kind of chop up certain sounds and then uh make an arrangement that sounds similar like a nod to that game but it's totally different. So, um, and 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 just to let you know, Volume Three of the Next Hero Music will be really cool because it'll be ma- based on Mass Effect, which is like my favorite, oh, nice. like nice. current one. But the cool thing about Mass Effect, if you know, like they're not really like specific themes for the, all of those characters that make up the original trilogy. So I'm gonna make, I'm gonna produce the themes for those characters as if I scored them. So it's going to be very different than the other ones. It'll be a nod to Mass Effect, but it'll also be a lot more originally composed uh, music, but very electronic, uh, much like the game. Oh, that's exciting. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, so cool. I'm, I'm, I've already did, done uh, 
uh, what's the thief? Kasumi. I did Kasumi. I don't know why she jumped out first, but she, Thane, there were a few people who, and Garrus were like my favorite. So like, those will probably be the ones I start off with. And then I work back to like, uh, you know, uh, Shepard and, uh, Liara and all the other people too. So, but that'll be for 2018. That's awesome. All right, cool. We'll, yeah, keep, we'll keep the radar out for that one. Uh, because I'd love to talk more Mass Effect, but of course this is a Nintendo <laughs> podcast, uh, so I'm going right, to jump. Right. I'm going to jump into the Nintendo 10, uh, and you're okay. you're familiar with the concept. Uh, so it is 10 rapid fire questions about your experience with the Big N with Nintendo, and it's okay. really an opportunity for uh, us to dig a little into your gaming past. Um, okay. So a lot of these questions uh, might dig deep. Uh, some of them might be more recent. Uh, so it's cool to ask different people the same 10 questions because you get 10 right. different answers. And uh, right. it's it's a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun uh, just right. kind of digging into people's different experiences. Uh, so jumping into the first question, uh, this is digging back. What was your earliest experience with any Nintendo game or any Nintendo console? Uh, I think it was summer of, uh, not summer, excuse me, Christmas of, the Christmas Zelda, I think, came out. Okay, cool. It's the year I got an NES, and I got, uh, it came with Super Mario Brothers, uh, and I got Zelda, and that's all I remember, like, from that Christmas. So I can think that was 86 or 87, and from there, like, I've had every system, but the first uh, one I had was the NES, and it was, it was so popular in my family with all my cousins that my grandmother wanted to buy an NES just so when we came over. I had an uncle who we, we used to go to his house a lot. He bought an NES, um, and all my cousins, I had a another cousin I hung out with a lot that whatever game he had, like he was, he got Castlevania for Christmas, Mike Tyson's punch out, like whatever he had, I would get, I would like go home and beg my mom, uh, to get me too. Um, and that usually didn't work out. So I would just wind up yeah, over sure. his house a lot playing. So did you have the gold, uh, Zelda? That, that yes, person? I did. Oh yeah. man. Yes, so I exciting. did. I, yep. Yep. Yep, at the Gold Zelda, and I remember when Link's, uh, well, the second one, uh, Adventures of Link's Adventure was that the second one, eighty eight? Yeah, yep. eighty nine came out, and I remember uh, like crying at the mall, like to to my grandmother to buy it for me because I knew she would, and she was like, if you do, if you're a good boy, and I remember I had to, I had to hold their bags while they shopped my aunt's and my grandmother's bags, sure. and then she took me to uh, Toys R Us on the way home, and it was like so awesome, like. Back in the day, if people remember like going and taking the uh, the, slips. The, the slips into the front and paying for it with Amazing. the staple yep. coupon. Man, that was like the best. The so, worst anyway. was when you you flipped over the cover flap and there were and no slips. It. Yeah, yep. there were no slips. Yep. It was like the out of stock, the last uh, the last yep. thing in there. Yep. I think it was like oh, yellow man. or a different color. Yeah, and it was yep. like well, restocking soon or something. I was like, no, nah. yeah, <laughs> such a bummer. Yeah. Um, the next question uh, related to you know that era of gaming. Did you have a subscription to Nintendo Power Magazine? If you yes, recall? I did. Yep. Um, I I had one. I for maybe a couple years. I rem I remember having one. And there were certain covers that always stood out to me. Like the one they had uh, was it for Mario Two? It wasn't like it was like someone dressed as Mario frolicking through. Like the, I guess like a world with mushrooms and stuff, and I was like, wow, this or it's like Play-Doh or something. It was so some of the art on the covers of Nintendo Power is so awesome. Like the covers were just so great, you know, or like the Mega Man ones and stuff. But yeah, I did have a, a subscription to Nintendo Power. I used to read with Howard and Ness and all the adventures of them uh, in the in the back of the book and the tips and tricks. It was amazing. Yeah, as a kid, uh, you know, that's what inspired me to start the podcast just because as okay. a kid, it was like 
it was the best feeling to get one of those issues in your mailbox, you know, because, right. you know, especially as a kid, how, what else are you getting in the mail at that age? You know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe highlights, you know, right, right, from, right. from the, the dentist office. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was super pumped. Uh, so the next question is spanning all consoles, all generations. It's really, what is your favorite game? And this could be on anything. Oh my God. Oh wow! It's really challenging. Yeah, this one's challenging. I think I should Can take I, this out because of how hard it is to to narrow uh, down to just one. I feel I, I feel like when you've asked other people, I've heard I heard them. I've always picked one, and then they'll have a couple honorable mentions. So can I do the same thing? Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, if I had to pick one, like one game that I guess I can replay over and over, this is probably crazy, but it would probably be Fallout. Uh, maybe. New Vegas. Oh man, that's a that's crazy to say that New Vegas is my favorite game. But I think about replay ability, and I just couldn't get enough of that game. Like, um, especially because it was so open world. I used to model uh, the main character, the courier, in Final uh, Excuse me, and Fallout after other playable. So I had a playthrough where I tried to make the game uh, play like I was, um, like uh, what's the guy from Gear? Marcus from Gears of War. So he was like part of the brotherhood is still had the big metal armor i gave him a bandana like uh cuts on his face and stuff like yeah, i was yeah. really into it and it's kind of crazy to say that because like that game is only what four or five years old yeah not but yeah man um fallout new vegas or any the fallout franchise in in, in general but particularly new vegas is up there what would be your honorable mention Chrono Trigger was one. Uh, even still, I found it in my uh, cleaning out the other day, my uh, in my shed, and I found the old Final Fantasy anthology that had Final, ironically, Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger on the same disc. And I was like, "Yo, I need to find a way to play these again." But I was like, "I don't have the time." The time, sure. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy, and even Final Fantasy VII will be up there, like. Um, and then uh, another game I can play a lot, like nonstop and go back, is probably Hitman, any of the Hitman series, just because I was really uh, into like always trying to get uh, Silent Assassin on all the yeah, uh, sure. yep. and stuff. So, yeah, man, I'm, I, it's funny. I don't, I, I don't really cite any classic, classic games. They usually are like games now within I played in the last like 10 years, you know? So here's a, here's a slight twist on that question. Uh, okay. Instead of your favorite game, what do you think is the best game? So best design Ooh. game you've ever played. Doesn't have to be your favorite, but you acknowledge it to be one of the best games. Probably one of the uh, maybe Uncharted Two. Okay, cool, cool. So I again, just thought next I thought that game was amazing. Um, I mean, as far as like graphical achievement, um, playing it with like uh, my my wife bought me, especially as soon as we had kids, she bought me the PlayStation Gold headphones, the, the surround sound ones. Oh, cool. So I wanted to appreciating a lot of sound design and games, like games I feel very immersed in. Um, and I thought that it did really well. I loved uh, the banter, Nick, uh, you know, not Nick, uh, Drake's banter, like the way he broke the fourth wall and would talk to you and just, it was awesome. And then it, it felt like a movie and it was, I could tell it was such a great game because my wife never man, minded watching me play. So I would say either that or another Naughty Dog property of The Last of Us. I think those both were like achievements beyond achievements as far as like classic games. Yeah, Last of Us was unbelievable. It's hard yeah. to really describe what the experience of that game is like without actually just playing it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so going back to Nintendo, um, this one is kind of the opposite. It's the flip side. What is your least favorite Nintendo game of all time? And it doesn't have to be first party, but like growing up 
uh, NES, PlayStation, N64. Do you remember? I like to tee this up as like, you know, back in the day when you rented a game and it was terrible, you were just kind of stuck with it for the whole weekend. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> okay, let me think. Um, you know, you know, it's funny. One, I would say that I used to frustrate the heck out of me. Um, it's actually probably one of the, a lot of people say it's one of the greatest games of all time uh, is Mega Man. Uh, sure. I just never really was that great at platforming uh, games. That and another game, a platforming game that kind of was like that was Karnoff. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, that th- Those are both games that like, uh, you know, you have that really good uh, – and, and actually, another one that reminds me of that too, and I swear this is the last one I'll mention, is uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. Like, I liked all three of those. Definitely Ghouls and Ghosts and, and Mega Man more than Karnoff, but I got frustrated by, like, I just didn't have the time to invest in, like, the timing and uh, knowing how, how many times uh, beats to wait before I jump on the next platform and stuff. Like, that's probably why I got really into RPGs, especially before the active time gauge popped and became a thing, because yeah. I could, like, it was like chess to me. Like, I could take my time time and say oh i need to hit this guy or cast this spell on this person and weaken that person before i attack them so yeah i'm gonna go with those i'm gonna say platform a lot of platformers frustrated me but not all because i really did like castlevania metroid or the metroidvania games as they like to say but not all of them those mega man was the one that was like i'm good i can pass (laughs) the first one or just any of them back in the day um Probably the first one because I did rent the first one and that kind of turned me off. And it's funny that I wound up working with a guy who winds up being a super fan of <laughs> based <laughs> on the whole right? franchise. Yep. Yeah, yep. but but Rand always says his favorite is two. And after playing Mega Man two, I'm like, oh yeah, they a lot of stuff that was not working in one they corrected. So that that's probably easily one of the ones that cited is the best. You know. Yeah, totally. Um, the next question is kind of a cheap question for you, uh, because of how involved you are with music. Uh, but the next question is what's your favorite soundtrack or musical theme from any Nintendo game? Oh man. Any, like even, uh, it can span consoles. It doesn't need to be NES or SNES. Any console doesn't matter. Oh, by far my favorite is, uh, for Super Nintendo, Super, uh, Adventure Island, uh, Hudson, Super Adventure Island. Uh, Yuzo Koshiro was like the God. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, like so anything i mean he's one of the it's very rare that i will go back even now and look at the games he did and play them just to hear the music even though i know i can go online to like and download the nsf files and stuff but just to see like the achievements he was doing and how someone in the far east had obviously a big ear with western music because the style that he was using was very uh, big at the time and known in uh, particularly in the 90s in the U.S. is New Jack Swing. And okay. like that's the sound that made up a lot of like uh, Streets of Rage uh, as well as like the EDM stuff. So he to me was a, so ahead of the game. Man. And then he would do Riser, which was like score with a lot of symphonic stuff using the SNES uh, sound card. I, I mean, the guy's like. He's easily the greatest. I know people always say Koji Kondo, Hip Tanaka, and all those guys, and Tommy Telerico, but for me, it's Yuzo Koshiro all day. I have to go back now and kind of give myself a master class in all of his soundtracks then, because I remember yeah. I remember the NES um, 
Adventure Island, but I don't remember the soundtrack for the Super Nintendo. Oh, dude, uh, go to Island, S- so. Super Nintendo. Just you don't even go YouTube, on YouTube. I'm sure YouTube has yeah, it all. Yeah, okay, go cool. and look up uh, original or OST for Su- Super Adventure Island, and it's uh, it's a it's one of those those games that like the games was not the greatest, but the sure. soundtrack was like legendary. All right, cool. That's awesome. That's a great answer because I have uh, something to keep me occupied for the rest of the night. Now. <laughs> yeah, Thank especially you. since you're like playing games all summer. So there you go. I'll do it. All right, cool. Um, so the next question, uh, and you know, this again is a cheap question for you uh, because you're kind of intimately involved with with, <laughs> with video games uh, for a lot of the work that you do. Uh, but the next question is, you know, has your relationship with video games influenced your work? Um, and I'm sure it has. But if so. Uh, how how is that? How do you approach your work based on your experience as a gamer? I was just telling my wife today. It's like even a lot of stuff I do outside of playing like like games. I ga- I try to gamify everything. Like you know, like I have to have a time trial to do this task or, or something. Sure. Like so, and I feel like a lot of that was inculcated in my head from just playing video games over the last what uh 30 years um so yeah like the gamification thing for for someone like me who was grown in like that era of like uh late atari early nintendo starting i was like that's a big thing um so and then as far as my actual what i do i mean um even when i teach and stuff i always make references to like how old i am and that the students get a kick out of that especially when they're like oh professor murdoch my parents played that game and i'm like oh yeah i forgot i'm almost 40 and you're half that like yeah, sure, sure you know so um yeah and then obviously trying to make music even now um uh, for games and um you know i i listen to a lot of other people uh you know i mentioned yuzo koshiro but even like people who are who are modern doing stuff like Danny Boronofsky, uh Too Mello, other people who are like score games like Read Only Memories, like um, you know, uh, what what is the one that Danny beat? A, a Dance of the Necromancer, like stuff like that. Like I really pay attention to what other people are doing in in the field of video games with sound um not only sound design but uh more importantly to me like the actual music cuz I think that is really what you know, it makes a difference. And I feel like in this day and age where everyone's so big about trying to go back to the retro days and, you know, even at these cons and stuff I play, most of the music is like stuff from the past. So it's pretty cool sometimes when I go to places and people play like the Portal Cake song and stuff like I'm like, okay, yeah. that's not, not too far removed. But everyone's so caught up in playing Zelda and Halo, like the old Halo stuff. And I'm like, man, there's so, even now there's so many guys making amazing music, like the, the Journey soundtrack, the Austin wintry did like so yeah man i just I, I pull a little bit from the past and the current but i always have my ear open to what's going on you know that's why i'm excited for your mass effect uh stuff because it's it won't necessarily be so influenced by the retro right uh, the right. retro scene the- Right, right. So that's I can't cool. wait, man. I can't wait. And it's a challenge. Like to me, making music should be a challenge. It should never be like a layup. Sometimes you need to like try to hit those Steph Curry long three pointers, you know? Yeah, totally. No, that's, <laughs> that's an awesome answer. Thank you. Um so we're we're coming up, we have a few questions left. The next question, uh still sticking with Nintendo. Uh if you could green light a reboot or a remake of any Nintendo game, what would you like to see remade? Oh man. Uh, like the same way they're like doing redoing the Final Fantasy Seven series, like something like that. 
either as kind of dramatic as that Final Fantasy VII remake or even just uh, something a little more toned down, but just a remake. Uh, let me see, man. I, man, your question is just, and it's funny because I was like, I'm going to prepare for these ahead of time, and but it's you always forget. There's always one that you look over or you know skip over in your head. Um, this is probably kind of a. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have said, and, and technically, I guess they did try to make somewhat of a sequel or something in the same universe. But I always, the same way that Square is revisiting like the Final Fantasy VII, I guess I would love for them to possibly remake Final Fantasy three or six. Sure. But like now with the graphics, because I felt like, I, and I was just talking to Rand about this, a character like Kefka to me was better than Sephiroth, and not just because I like the games. But I know, and I know Sephiroth had his own, you know, he was brooding and, and moody and, and, you know, all that stuff. But I feel like Kafka, he technically kind of won. He killed so many people with the poison of water. And, you know, even his appearance was looking so, like, androgynous and stuff. Like, I think now that stuff would really go over well. Uh, you know, and then it was the Magitech stuff. It was such. I don't know. It was like ahead of its time, man. You know, so I would love personally to to, to replay that with maybe some more modernized kind of graphics and stuff. Because after a while, like when you do try to go back and play those retro games, after a while, like for me, after playing like Uncharted and, and Last of Us and, and you know games like that, it's it is hard <laughs> to go back and be like, oh yeah, I forgot. You know, the only yeah. thing I don't miss is the loading time because it was instant on cartridges. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I, I always think of the opera scene. In oh my god, that was Final classic! Fantasy. Like, and if you took that and you know put that Final Fantasy VII remake style uh, graphics and that that kind of cinematic touch to it, I think that would be one of the most epic scenes in any game if they were to remake that. That's a, I didn't even think about it. that. Could be like the demo they used, the same way they used um you know you intern or the heist in Midgar. Oh, right. Yep. Seven. Yeah, that could be perfect that's perfect man and you're right like i felt like how emotive it was and you were just hearing like bleeps and bloops like imagine if you actually had like some some real people singing and just make it more grandiose and uh, more of a spectacle it could be so dope you know yeah but that, anyway that's a great answer that would be a great uh remake uh so maybe one day maybe if the ff7 remake is really lucrative right the oh i think so i think square so. square has it as a trump card you know like they're uh you know not to borrow from one of the characters but like it's like setzer's last gambit you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah totally yeah yep they're just waiting all right we're, we're we've made it to the final question uh what was okay. the last great game that you played this can be on any console the last great game i played um hmm let me see. Um, <laughs> okay, I guess like, huh. okay, I liked Fallout Four, even though technically I ju I just finally finished all the DLC for it, and I was kind of unimpressed with the way it ended, especially the Nuka World stuff. But I guess like the last great game that I felt like really into it. Um, it's crazy. It was a game called The Evil Within, which I just saw that they're making a sequel. Oh, I'm really cool. big into horror games, so I was kind of sad that they canceled the Silent Hill game after playing that PT trailer. But The Evil Within, um, the guy, I forgot the guy who made it. He ma he's made a few other kind of like really interesting like horror games. But I don't know. That game, man, it really had me shook. Like as a grown man, even going to sleep, I couldn't even sleep at night because the bosses were so 
it's like who thinks of the stuff that was in that game and it, i mean the music the sound design just the even the story is as crazy as it got at the end i really enjoyed the experience from front to back of like get, and it was one of those games when i beat it i was like i felt like i accomplished something um and before that i would say it had to be the last of us so sure. but if i had to pick like you said uh chronologically it was the evil within which has really been over a year and a half there hasn't really been anything to me um uh, that's really stood out like that um that that i played you know so no, that's cool i remember I, I didn't play that one but i remember it was bethesda so it definitely peaked my oh interest, yeah, yeah, right? yeah yeah anything right. they put out i was like a, a total bethesda head you know yeah no that's perfect cool Awesome. Well, you've successfully completed the <laughs> Nintendo 10. We've made it through. Uh, I want to thank you so much for hanging out, for sharing these memories. Uh, one final question. Uh, where's yes. the best place for people to find you and follow you on the internet? Uh, I actually have my my, rep, my website is pretty much redone right now. So you can go to the dash sound dash samurai when i say dash i literally mean like the character don't put d-a-s-h <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so the dash sound com, and that has like my uh links to everything i do in audio um it has all my social media stuff and, and a little bit more background about what i do because i realize i do a lot of stuff like and i didn't realize it until i was sending all this stuff to the guy who's doing my website and he was like dude you you do so much more than you're just a music producer like you do all this stuff with sound so we really have to like really touch on that so that's kind of what delayed the process but it's it's came out really really dope so yeah the dash sound dash samurai.com you can find everything about Kate murdoch and uh you know what i do yeah and we'll link that up to make it super easy for people to check it out yes. and Please. uh any <laughs> any final words for the retro nintendo fans out there um, yeah, you know, anyone who happens to be listening who's a fan of myself and Megaran, particularly with the Forever Famicom, I'll just say that next year is the 8-bit year anniversary, so we're, we got some really special stuff uh, planned, including... I've all, the goal for me, I know this is a Nintendo-laden podcast, but when I started Forever Famicom, the goal was always to make uh, an album in tribute to Nintendo's rival at the time, which was anyone who listened to this knows who it is. So there's an <laughs> sure, album sure. myself and Mega Man that will be like the spiritual successor, but also like the the yang to the yin of Forever Famicom uh, that'll most likely come out around next summer so just stay tuned for that and then in 2018 sometime be listening out for uh the album i do about hero music with i mean mass effect the next hero music and i think that's about it man cool yeah we'll keep everything on our radar and even though this is a nintendo show uh we'll share out any sega links that come our way uh (laughs) thanks man for not discriminating no, absolutely. I mean, this, this, the Sega, you know, the Sega tunes had their own unique sound. Uh, so it should oh, be totally. cool. It and should it be cool. A lot of classics, man. And actually, a lot of the stuff that I mentioned when I uh, used Koshiro, he was equal parts uh, Sega and Nintendo. So there's a, I feel like if you, especially if you're like me and a fanboy, you need to, to know both spectrums. So, sure. yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to dig in <laughs> probably as soon as we get off the call. <laughs> Yeah, go on YouTube. Spare yourself from having to download the NSF files or the ROMs. Just go on sure. YouTube and type Adventure Island OST and, and, and have fun, man. Awesome. Thank you. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode. 
If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you did, please consider sharing it with a friend, coworker, social community, anywhere that you think others might enjoy it as well. It's one of the best ways to support the show. And if you've been enjoying a few episodes now, please consider leaving a quick review on Apple Podcasts. An honest review really just helps me continue to improve the show. So if there's something right. you like, something you don't like, uh, definitely drop that. I really appreciate it. And it also helps us continue to grow the Power Time community. I want to thank you, the listener, for your time and attention. Uh, thanks for enjoying this episode. Uh, Kyle, of course, thank you for joining. Uh, stay tuned for Monday's question of the week. Been running the question of the week. It's been a lot of fun to hear your responses. And as always, keep on playing with power. <laughs>